0: boys and girls, I'm in the Gnarly Gnome. This is Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Scentsy Craft, and we're here drinking beer because that's what we do on the show. We hang out, we drink beer around Cincinnati. We talk to people who make the beer, people who own the places that make the beer, people who frequent the places that make the beer. We just hang out and drink, and we find lots of excuses to do that in fun ways. So if you're new to the show, welcome. If you're not new to the show, still welcome because um, it's good to have you. <laughs> <laughs> this week, um, we have. Uh, I think it was two years ago that we sat down and talked about this last, um, and shit happened. We'll get to the we'll get to the whole story of, of how how this all, um, how this all came down. But uh, let's run around the table. Everybody introduce yourselves first, uh, so everybody can hear your voice and know who you are. I'm Colin Foy, head brewer
1: at Westside Brewing.
2: I'm Mike Morgan, and uh, I write beer things and do beer things, and I drink a lot of beer.
3: I'm the fourth white guy at this table, and my <laughs> name is Brett, uh, owner and brewer at Urban Artifact.
0: There's a lot of white guys in beer, aren't there?
3: <laughs> so
0: many. Um, we are talking about Missing Link, and I guess that is the link between all of you guys here at the table. Blue. Um <laughs> It wasn't intentional. Uh, We, like I said, we talked about not this beer specifically. We talked about this yeast and this idea two years ago. Um, It's taken a little while to see it to start to come to fruition. And it still isn't quite uh, what I think the vision for it is. But um, we're getting there, guys. (laughs) A little bit at a time. We're inching along back to some semblance of normalcy in our everyday lives.
3: Um, Well, the fact that you said right at the gate that it's not about the beer it's about the yeast is we're 90 percent there then at least in your mind that's it (laughs) that's that's what it's all about it's about the yeast it's about setting up the this culture and history of Cincinnati and uh like, shit,
2: and I've said I, I consider Missing Link twenty twenty one the soft opening <laughs> of a festival. <laughs> so twenty nineteen was
0: the teaser that it was coming. Twenty twenty, yeah. you just kind of prepared yourself well, for it. I at mean, twenty
2: twenty might twenty twenty probably would have kicked ass, but for that a whole pandemic bullshit. Twenty twenty, we were all
0: too drunk on our couches to do anything. Yeah. Let's be honest, right? Um, think back to this time last year, and uh, you know, like that not knowing you know, when the end was you thinking, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe once winter
3: (laughs) hits, this will all
0: start to go back to normal. And then it's
3: just, uh, dude, I'm sure you had people that you knew in my family. I was talking to people when this shit was going down in March. They're like, once it warms up, if we're not going back to normal by April, May, the latest, things are going to be crazy. And I was like, if you think it's going to be before June, you're a psychopath. And they thought I was crazy and it's fucking almost July again well when it's still it's still not normal, and I don't
0: know when we'll see actual normalcy. We get peaks of it now, like little 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 hints that we're getting there, but it's still not normal like it's still it still feels strange when you walk into a crowded room um it's, It doesn't feel right sitting next to a stranger and talking to them and it's like there's there's lots of things that i i, I
1: mean I, th- I think it's a miracle we're here at all though like I was expecting. The previous apocalypse. The, the previous record <laughs> for a vaccine was four years. Yeah. Yeah. Sight. That was the
3: previous vaccine for from uh disease to vaccine yeah. implementation. Four years was Holy the fastest
2: they had ever done it. In nineteen seventeen flu, they still don't have one. So, so
1: uh, yeah. yeah, for us for us to be here, you know, I'm, HIV, I'm fully vaccinated. Where the fuck is the... For us to be here the,
2: at all, uh, like, the, uh uh vaccine
0: for that. Well, that's I always, I think of the common cold and how much time and energy has to have been invested over time to try to create a vaccine or a cure for the common cold. And they've never been able to figure that out right? Uh, yet. Somehow we were able to knock this out in such a, in what seems like a short period of time to us. I, I get that the people that were actually working on this, it was not a short period of time for them that they've been working on this Technology and, and pieces of this for a very long time, so felt very fast to us. But maybe if you ask the right person, this is their life's work. That's just now, you know, we're all taking notice. But we're not here to talk about COVID. We're yeah, here wrong, to talk about yeast,
2: wrong microorganisms, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, the the thing about the thing about COVID and that timing that you just reminded me of actually is that you know this time w- when we look back, to spring of last year, I remember we were talking about will Missing Link Festival occur or not? And I remember sitting at a bar reading like news and there was this whole idea that, well, you know, this is like the SARS thing a couple of years back and it's going to burn out. And I'm like, man, this is perfect timing. Like a Missing Link <laughs> festival, like first of June, twenty twenty. Like we're gonna be through that thing, and everybody's gonna be over it. Everybody's and gonna everybody, be real tired of yeah, it. Everybody's gonna be real sick <laughs> and tired of it. And we're gonna be ready to have like a festival, and it's gonna be great. And uh, then that didn't
3: happen. <laughs> and two years later,
0: <laughs> let's let's start with a. Uh, you can go back and listen to the last episode that we did with missing link. And I should have pulled my notes up. I forgot my iPad. So I have to do this the hard way. Um, Volume five, episode 12. Go back to that. That's when we actually went through the whole story of how um, this, this, the, these beers came to be. Um, But give us, give us a brief rundown of how this happened, how you guys came about um, uncovering a yeast that nobody had found before.
3: Well, that is a hell of a story, and it's uh, (laughs) really great in how it explains how much history Cincinnati has with brewing, and we're going to get into that here in a second. So there's, oh my God, there's so much to unpack there. (laughs) (laughs) At least with Missing Linkies, what happened is, is that Urban Artifact opens, and we do weird shit. And we're making stuff with wild yeast and spontane- spontaneous yeasts and things we find in our bell tower and around the brewery and in the neighborhood. And we're doing all this stuff that's a lot of fun. And this was five years ago, so 2015. And Mike Morgan, who is a local beer author and historian and professor and basically beer magnet here in, well, Ohio, in the country, <laughs> he, he sees what we're doing and he's like, listen, I'm teaching this class about beer. I want to tour a bunch of different breweries, and I want it to culminate at your brewery because you basically take all the rules and you just throw them to the wind. So I said, yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, Come on down. Let's hang out and see how things go. And Mike comes down, and we hang out, and things went great, and we got drunk together and found out, like, holy shit, we have a lot of fun as people. And I'm I'm getting a little distracted here, but (laughs) long long story short... A couple of years later, after these, these quarterly beer tours have gone on with Mike's class, he's like, hey, listen, I know this guy. He bought a place down in Over the Rhine here in Cincinnati, and they have a beer cellar underneath their place that they didn't know existed. They thought it might be there when they bought it. They broke down this wall, and holy shit, there's this whole beer cellar. And what do you fucking know? But there's a goddamn fermenter that's intact down there. He's like, what do you think of that? Made of wood. Made of wood that's been sealed up in a wet basement for a a literal century. I said, that's the craziest shit and (laughs) the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. And if it's real, we need to go check it out and maybe we can find some yeast. So, oh my God. Fast forward like four years at this point in time. And we get a film crew involved. We get a yeast lab involved. We get a bunch of different breweries involved. And we go down there and we find yeast. We find these things. We get this isolated. And we found a yeast that is literally Cincinnati history. It's Cincinnati heritage. And then Mike, through all of his uh, ability to see where things are going in life, foresight and ability to get things done is like, well, (laughs) that's a big part of life. Says like, I'm taking this to the city council and we're going to see what we can do. And he says, look, we got this yeast. We found it in your city. It doesn't belong to anybody, but we want it to belong to the city. We're going to give it to you. And the city council said, I love that. We're going to give you this day. So June 1st is now Missing Link Day. And I've gone on a very long time at this point in time. And all I'm trying to say here is, is we found a piece of Cincinnati history. Living. Living living yeast history. And the, the chance of this, I can't even underplay, are basically zero. It's a needle in a haystack. We found it, we isolated it with our friends at Omega Yeast in Chicago. They propped it up and they banked it in their frozen storage. And now we're at this point in 2021, where any time that any brewery in Cincinnati wants to make a beer with this yeast, they can call up Omega Yeast Labs, they can order a pitch and they can literally recreate a part of Cincinnati history. So we've been able to call up our friends like Colin at Westside and say, hey man, we wanna do this festival. Are you down for brewing with this weird fucking yeast? I don't know how it's going to work on your system, but can you try it? And Colin's just like, hell yeah. And and why is it called Missing Link? Well, uh,
1: we found it. In, other, other than the pun.
2: <laughs> I'm responsible for the pun. Uh, we, uh, it, it was found in what was originally the f and J A Link Brewery. So this brewery was only in operation for five years between 1855 and 1860. But then after that, uh, after after they went under, almost every great large brewery in the city aged beer there. So the crazy thing about this space is that it touched uh, at least a dozen of the largest, most important breweries in 19th century Cincinnati. And that's one of the really cool things about this yeast. I mean, we have no idea where the hell
0: it came from. Well, you you mentioned last time that it could have even been some bootlegger sneaking down there during right. Prohibition mm-hmm. and making some bootleg whiskey or some beer or something and it that, That's actually
2: that. my best guess. Which is still awesome. Right. It's still <laughs> it's yeah, it, it, right. It's still it still means it, it dates back to like you know the 100 years ago. Right. Right. It's uh,
0: the the probability of getting brewer's yeast out of that out of out of a lot of spaces, let alone somewhere like that, is just so astronomically uh, improbable that um, this the, the whole idea is just it's it's perfect for a place like Urban Artifact to come across it and to help make this a reality. And the fact that you're able to take that and bring it into places that maybe are uh, a little different than what you—it's not surprising that you guys would be making something like that. He's that pulled out of some cellar underground. That that makes sense, but some of these other places that have jumped on board, you know, fr- from wooden cask, super mm-hmm. traditional place yeah. like like Westside uh, Fibonacci. I don't know if I can consider you guys super traditional. You have you kind of cover the gamut, but um, s- you have this traditional side to you that we wouldn't expect to see something like that. Yeah, Fibonacci, this this, you know, not
1: something we typically do. <laughs> you know,
0: <it's> just, <laughs> it uh, you know it's it's it, it it ties it all together, and it, it it makes me feel really good about this community and. Mm-hmm. Um, the excitement of
3: craft beer. We asked Colin to do this initially, and he said, I'm so-, he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the shit yeast that's diastaticist and doesn't <laughs> attenuate for shit on its own? You're, you're telling me I got to brew something with this and then put it into a can? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to say two things about two people. Number one, Chris Seelbach was actually the city council member who took this resolution forward that made the first weekend of June, you know, Missing Link Day in Cincinnati. And um, so shout out to him and, and thanks for that. City Council unanimously passed that back in 2019. But
3: we have a holiday.
2: Yeah, literally. We literally right. have a holiday.
3: Who the right. fuck can say that? That's
2: <laughs> insane. Yeah. And so shout out to Seelbach. Uh, shout out to Brett for, you know, just taking the time to, to take this crazy adventure and and doing it and then making a fantastic beer out of it but you know because uh you know we are here today we're here today at at Westside brewing for the reason that colin is just hands fucking down one of the best brewers i have ever known and so it this uh West side version of missing Light that we're tasting. Let's here. let's drink that before we, Oh my from God. Fantastic. We almost didn't do from
0: the beer fridge. I would've gotten an email. <laughs> uh, tell me, tell me a little bit about your version of Missing, Link, Cause I think it's so cool now that we get to, I, I mean, urban did two versions of it. There was a my the first year you guys brewed uh, kind of a small batch. Then the golden, yeah, golden, whatever. golden ale, something like that. Uh, two years ago. Um, now the world has exploded and there's missing link in all kinds of different beers around town, including this one. So tell us, kind of your, uh, how how did you number one? How did you come up with what this was going to yeah. be, or did you just kind of?
1: No, I actually really struggled with this one, <laughs> <laughs> just because the yeast is so weird. Uh, obviously, had if I was if I was a smarter man, I would have brewed a two barrel pilot batch. First, more <laughs> the fun that? But what what makes the
0: yeast I, so so weird? Are you talking about just the
1: yeah, just the description? So uh, it's diastaticus positive, which means that it has. Pretend I'm an idiot and tell yeah, me what that means. So that means <laughs> the yeast has the ability to take sugars that normal brewers yeast wouldn't ferment, and it has the ability to kind of break those down into fermentable sugars. Um, but it's also
0: so kind of like Brett. Uh,
1: kind of like. Kind of like bread, although bread generally is more um, breaking down like esters and phenols, so not fermentable sugars. Um, well less funky, bread. Gotcha. Yeah. And, but, but then the yeast is also maltose negative, which means- Again, it, pretend I'm an idiot. Yeah. So, so obviously maltose- You're going to have to do that a lot today. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maltose um, is a sugar that's found in malt. Right, and so typical brewers yeast can ferment maltose. It's a main nutritional source. So this one's really weird. It can't ferment maltose, but it is diastatic, positive, so it can break down other sugars that aren't fermentable and ferment them. And then on top of that, just kind of the sensory description I got. Uh, yeah, I really struggled
0: it's with the recipe. Yeast. So, it's so, yeah, stupid. It, it's so <laughs> stupid. It leaves some of the stuff that other brewers yeast would typically eat up, Correct. and eats the other stuff
1: that other brewers' yeast Would wouldn't be-, be able to ferment. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And then the sensory description that I got was, was kind of weird too, like kind of vaguely Belgian-y. Um, so I, I kind of leaned into that Belgian direction with West Sides and made a, uh, a grain bill is a lot of pale malts, um, kind of vaguely like a Belgian
3: blonde uh, type grain bill. Um, and then through, through Missing Link yeast at it. And then it gets weirder over time, which is also another strange thing with this yeast is that it it will be clean at first and then it just gets funky and it gets peppery <laughs> and it gets drier and it gets more carbonated and like it's a yeast it's an untamed yeast. It's it's a wild yeast. It's it's just it's it's awesome to see what Colin did. It's awesome to see what we did at Urban Artifact. It's awesome to see what these five other breweries did, too. It's, what, it's just crazy. What Randy
2: did, I mean, we just drank this sample of uh, the wooden cask. And this, uh, we were actually talking before we drank this, that uh, the hey, wooden thanks, cask. Thanks for <laughs> bringing me one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not drinking your backwash. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, the wooden cask version of this, he took like a, a Scottish ale And he used this yeast, and he he like co-pitched it with a Belgian, and that sounded just like a terrible idea. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) it's actually a very nice beer. I mean, he uh, Randy Schultz every cask. You know, when we approached brewers with this, we wanted smart brewers, good brewers, and you know, Randy has has been around, and he he makes very nice beers. And this was very interesting. This whole Scottish
1: ale. Missing
2: link version of things.
1: So I tasted that completely blind, uh, and it reminded me a little bit of like a Belgian double. I got some yeah. kind of stone fruit like yeah. plum character. you'd Get out of a Belgian double. So hearing that it's
3: a Scottish ale uh,
1: with Belgian yeast is interesting.
3: And then the Birka's version is basically breakfast. I mean it's it's a it's a solid breakfast beer. It's got a lot of spice and characteristics in which that I think pair really well with a stack of pancakes and maple syrup. Um, so S- we're S- all S- over the place. That. Yeah.
0: It's nice. Uh, so you guys made a, what you call a Cincinnati Saison. <laughs> sure. With <laughs> strawberry and something. I think strawberry I don't know might have else. called that. <laughs> call it like that. Well, I mean, I that. I mean, I mean,
3: that. Well, I mean, like, what do you call it, though? How do you sell this thing where we're just like, well, it's sour, but it's made with this weird we yeast all, that is 200 yeah. years old, and then right. it's made with a different yeast. And
0: We all know saisons don't sell, so if you put Cincinnati Saison, it will. Yeah, right? that's,
1: and that's why we didn't even try it anymore. So, you know, at Westside, for anybody who's not familiar, we don't name our beers. The, the name on the can or the tap handle is just what style it right. is. Uh, and that's why we just called it a Cincinnati historical ale. Nice. I, I believe. I so like that. We lot. Didn't, yeah. We didn't even bother trying to name it.
0: Knox Joseph, which this will be their first beer that I know of that has been available to anybody yeah. outside of their little circle there. Um, they did a Belgian uh, the press release says it's a Trappist, but we all know that you can't make a Trappist ale unless you're a monk. So, <laughs> Trappist style ale. <laughs> Trappist-ish. <laughs> Um, Fibonacci theirs is a California Common with blueberries, so they co-pitched it with Lager yeast, and I'm I I've been loving everything they do with fruit up there. Um, I think they might be my second favorite fruit brewery in the city. Um, next to Street uh, next to uh, <laughs> Municipal, <laughs> the uh, fruit brewery of the year. <laughs> love, love you, Sean. But, um, Humble Monk did a Belgian Golden, is that right, or did I just write that down out, out of the top of my head? No,
3: that's
2: right. Yeah, I think it's that's right. right.
0: And uh, it's supposed to be like a session. Bel- Bel- so, uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I thought it was light. Belgian Golden Strong. I think it was like 4-7 or something. Oh, so it right. is a
3: Belgian Golden uh, Light. Session.
0: Sorry, that's my uh, uh, calendar. It says I need to uh, do a brewcast. <laughs> <laughs> Check. I'll, you should I'll get I'll on that. that out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, West Side, we're there. Belgian Blonde-ish. Um, and then Wooden Cask, Highlanderthal, Scottish Ale-ish. No, you know, none of these are, um, none of these are actual styles because this this yeast is not a thing. It doesn't exist outside of this. <laughs> it's so much fun to me, and it's. I, I'm curious to see, you know, as this goes from year to year, and people get to start trying beers that have been made with this. How that starts kicking that 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 idea wheel in people's heads I, in motion. I got a question for you, Noam. If if
3: <sighs> this is really fun and cool for us as brewers but if it doesn't sell does this does it even matter yeah of course it does
0: i mean does does bock beer really sell is bock beer the smartest beer to brew no but we love Bach beer in this
1: city Westside makes a lot of beer that doesn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've got an English IPA on tap and in cans. I'm, I'm, so, I love that beer, by the way. That's, yeah, it is good uh, beer. So, but, yeah. you
0: know, if you, if you are brewing beer just to brew a beer that sells, you just, you hit those trendy styles and that's all you do. And the world eats itself up and craft beer dies. It's not about making things that that are the most popular things in the world. It's about creating stuff that is exciting and is fun for us to sit down at a bar and drink. That's from a drinker's perspective. I get that when you start talking, something that has to actually make money and pay employees and and stuff like that, it changes everything. But that's my opinion.
2: You know, I I think that there is a, um, there's a middle ground in there. And as a guy who dedicated 10 years of life to, running Bach Fest, uh, I can tell you that I never liked Bach beer. And also, first weekend of March uh, is typically not good weather. So when <laughs> I thought about this link fest, I thought about, like, what if we could do something that was, like, similar, except the beer was good and the weather was good? <laughs> <laughs> there,
0: Not to take away from what you're saying, but th- those are the things that make Bockfest work also is embracing that this is a style that nobody Shitty nobody really gets you nobody, drunk. nobody really drinks outside yeah. of this this month right. and weather where we really don't want to be outside drinking, but this is Cincinnati and we don't give a fuck about the things that we're supposed to do. We just we do it our own way, and that like, that's to me that's that's that's, that's Bockfest. And there's there a really
2: fun element of that, but it, but it I but I think that you know this yeast uh, the idea of this uh, is that. People do need to play around with it, and I'm not a brewer, and these two guys are, but, um, you know, the idea is that there's a lot that you can do with the yeast, and just like the first two batches that Brett made were both delicious and very weird and different, and this missing link that Colin has made is along those same basic lines and a radically different beer at the same time.
3: It's my favorite version of it.
1: Yeah, it's good. I think I, that's a really cool link between... Link? <laughs> between Bockfest... For, for between Bockfest <laughs> and Missing Link and kind of Cincinnati in general, you tell any other brewer in any other city, like, oh, yeah, you can't swing a dead cat around here in February without hitting a box that somebody made. But What? <laughs> <laughs> you have not just one brewery, but... Every brewery is making
0: box? That's what's so funny to me is that it's even places that really should not make a Bach beer, they should not waste a tap handle for a bock, yet they're they're making them because it's Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. I mean, Brett is drinking an English mild right now. Any other city you go to brewer and be like, oh yeah, we've got, you know, the country's twenty third largest craft brewer or whatever. Yeah, they brew mild every year. Put it in cans. Yeah. Uh, so I think those are kind of unique to Cincinnati. And hopefully Missing Link will kind of slot right in there along with Bachfest Fest well, and kind of our beer culture.
0: Missing Link,
1: the, the beer itself is is
0: really geeky for people who are, are, are beer geeks or people who make beer. The idea of the festival of these different breweries coming together and letting it showcase who they are. And, and I think that taps into this other thing that maybe has, you know, kind of not been highlighted in other festivals around town is the uh the, the community of craft beer in Cincinnati, and this idea that we can all still get together and and make something that is—it's all related to each other. You know, it's uh, it changes the idea of what the festival, what the festival uh, model is. You know, it's not it's not trying to pull people away from other beers. It's trying to get them to try other beers.
3: Let let the city showcase itself. Is is yeah yes. The idea. Exactly. And that this city is built on beer. It has been forever. And we were just talking about this earlier today when we had a different meeting about how you look at the three biggest, most important beer cities in America, and it was St. Louis, it was Milwaukee, and it was Cincinnati. And those other two cities that aren't Cincinnati, they pushed all their shit out through distro. They sold a lot in their own cities. But Cincinnati just drank so goddamn much that no one realized... That when Prohibition hit, that Cincinnati just got wrecked. And that all of that culture just got lost because it was all kept internal. We were literally a city that was like St. Louis in regards to our impact that we had on this world and this and this city or this this country. And it's just gone. And so to be able to bring that back and to be able to take Missing Link, this yeast, and give it to these small breweries, these big breweries, every brewery in Cincinnati, whether you're Swine City, Common Beer Co., you know, Firehouse Grill up in Blue Ash, Rheingeist, Matri, whoever you are, if you want to grab this yeast and live the city history, we're a part of it now. And we can do that and we can make a beer festival that's not about just making fucking money, which is what all these goddamn beer festivals seem anymore is. Ooh, the Cincinnati Beer Fest. Like, we're bringing in Cincinnati <laughs> breweries and also Platform and also Anheuser-Busch and Miller fucking and Go fuck yourself. What this is about is Cincinnati. And it's yeah. a beer festival. It's about the fucking beer for once. Yeah. It's not about making money again. It's bringing it back to what it was and what people got excited about beer for in the first place and everybody putting a spin on it. And, and giving
2: smart, creative brewers an opportunity to make really
3: great fucking beer. Exactly. Because the, the brewers at Moorline aren't going to make the same beer as the brewers at Madtree aren't going to make the same beer as a West Side aren't going to make the same beers as the Swine City.
1: No such thing as a brewer at Moorline anymore. <laughs> yes. Sir. They, still,
3: oh, oh. they still brew at the Logger House.
1: <laughs> there
0: is still beer, beer being made. <laughs> uh-huh. Although
2: they're completely unrelated. Though, Another part of like Cincinnati's uh, Brewing Past. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to weigh in for a minute on that idea that, like, Bach... I'll give you a little history on, like, uh, Bach beers in the city, right? So, yeah, there was in, um, you know, Huda Pole, Moorline, back in the days... I mean, we're talking about when Moorline was a, a label name uh, made by Huda Pole in the late 80s. They started doing a Bach, but uh, Cincinnati did not embrace Bach, and I remember, like, I mean, it, it, people have no idea the amount of work that was involved trotting around to bars and breweries to build Bachfest. And, you know, I'll give you two examples of it that are, that, that really exemplify the whole thing. One is that Mr. Pitiful's is still around. Uh, one of, like, the last, aside from Arnold's, the only two bre- bars that were still around from when I started running Bachfest. And I went there and I'm like, man, I'm, you know, I'm Grum Bachfest. I'm gonna grow the parade. The parade's gonna be a thing. There's gonna be more than 10 people in it. And you guys <laughs> need to like uh, you need typically don't open till like 8:30 or 9 o'clock or whatever. And you need to open at like 5:30 so that people can watch the parade from your front windows. And they're like, fuck you. Uh, it's not gonna pay for the electric bill. Like that parade is never gonna be big enough for us to justify opening an hour and a half early to pay for the electric and, like, the $2 we pay the bartender. <laughs> and, you know, the other one was like, so one year, you know, again early, I, like, go down to rock bottom, and and I talk uh, that brewer into, like, making a Bach. I'm like, man, you know, it's going to be a thing. Like, people around the city are going to make a Bach beer, and, and we're going to celebrate it. And I talked this guy into it, and he makes a Bach, and then, like, I could not show my face in rock bottom ever again, because this guy hated my guts, man. He was like, you motherfucker. You know, I made this Bach beer, and nobody would buy it, and nobody, you know, nobody likes Bach beer. Nobody drinks it. So, it's not... uh, it's not just this like organic thing that we now have a season where everybody makes all these Bach beers. That was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and arrows in my back. There was a lot of people that hated my guts up to the point where, like, we make a bunch of Bach beer in in uh, February, March. Which, for the record, I don't drink because I think it fucking sucks.
3: <laughs> oh, I love Bach. I do too.
2: <laughs> it's
0: so good. What is it that makes a a festival feel like it's a it's a real thing. So if you know we've got these festival you 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 talk about the the bastardization of of festivals around town and you know big beer coming in because they're the ones that pay <laughs> you know it, it is. what what makes it work and what makes it turn into that is it is it just is, is it as simple as money kind of becoming the priority or
3: I'm gonna yeah, it's money is what ruins it and I'm gonna say what makes it is authenticity. And I wanna kick it over to Colin here right now and say that what I love best about what Colin is doing and what Westside is doing is authenticity because that shit fucking sells and that's what people love and people know it, whether they know outwardly know it or not, they inwardly feel it and I think Colin fucking lives it and Westside lives it too. So you, you fucking tell me how hard it's been or how easy it's been being the most authentic goddamn brewery in Cincinnati.
1: I, I don't know if I'd characterize this that way. I think we just have a very clear kind of vision for the beers that we want to brew and how we want to brew them and how we want them to taste. And it's just... And,
3: and market to the customer, though. Yeah. You don't fuck around with goddamn, like, this is our, you know, Bolshevik Pilsner. <laughs> it's just like, no, this is Westside Pils. Yeah. You fucking drink and, and,
1: it. And so that's, that's part of it. We, we just want to be very straightforward. And, uh, I personally would think it's a nightmare to have to name every beer that we ever brewed. You know, we brew about one, one individual beer a week. Um, so having to come up with all those names would be a nightmare for me. I don't I think there's some people that. that enjoy
0: that more than actually making um, a beer at this point.
1: So, yeah, so that's, that's just kind of our, our vision and kind of what we want to do. Um, and i I hope we've done a good job of it. I think we have so far.
0: Um, What is the, the, we're going to go down a whole big rabbit hole here, but what is the guiding philosophy for you guys of trying to steer that ship and not letting it go off the rails into some other, um, I don't want to use any examples because I don't want to piss anybody off, but (laughs) into
1: any other other, uh, realm. I mean, kind of our tagline is traditional beer styles brewed exceptionally well. And so, if yeah. if we're not doing that, but how do It's you, not a beer that. we're How making. do
0: you not like when you have? I mean, you can you can take an IPA and make it traditionally, and 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 it's going to probably sell better than uh, give me another obscure beer style that you guys make that uh, the that, that, Rausch beer, yeah, Rausch beer. Yeah. It's going to
1: it's going to sell
3: better <laughs> than a Rausch beer, beer. beer that we made that does not sell. <laughs> but
0: but the 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 fact that you make a Rausch beer or that you do a smoked pilsner to me is as important as anything else you do, just the fact that you're willing to do it.
1: Yeah. So part of that, I mean, it has to be said is just tremendous support from ownership. Like I'm not an owner here at West side. I'm, I'm head brewer. And so when I go to ownership and be like, Hey, so I kind <laughs> so of want to brew a lot of really good, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, so it's, it's tremendous support from ownership on saying like, yeah, you know, we can, we can brew that Roush beer and, You know, it may not fly off the shelves, but we're not going to lose money on it. So, yeah, go for it.
0: Do you think that if there was a larger percentage of breweries in town that kind of took that philosophy and stuck to uh, tradition a little heavier, do you think it would take away from what you guys do here? Like, Do you think that Uh, it almost becomes the the gimmick
1: of the place? I don't necessarily think so. Like Taft's, I don't know how much they do in package. But they brew a lot of different Pilsners on draft. And I don't think that takes away from Westside Brewing's Pilsner. Yeah. I,
2: yeah, but, you know, is, is, right. So I think that one of the ways that these guys are excelling is that they don't chase the squirrel. You know, that, that Colin is consistently making really great beers. And even when you get into styles that sell very well, uh, you, know, we were Brett and I, and a friend of of mine, uh, earlier this afternoon, we were talking about their Collins double IPA and that beer, holy shit. I mean, like I walked away from it at party source, uh, earlier this week just because I was planning out my week and I don't like it when I black out. (laughs) And, uh, That beer is so—it is the most perfect, delicious double IPA I have ever had in my life. And you can shit on an IPA all day long, but not if you have had that double. I mean, that their Dipa is amazing. It's an incredible beer. And I think that you know where so many breweries are missing the boat is what they're doing here at Westside. It's a bunch of different styles. But they're traditional and they're true. And what they're doing at Urban Artifact is Midwest fruit tart sours that they're doing in- Which is
0: the thing they invented. Which <laughs> thing they invented.
2: And you know, and Don't and, say it like that. And, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I hope and I hope at some point um they're they're gonna again do some of those wild beers. I mean, here's the here's the thing, right you gotta bring
3: back Calliope. You oh dear bring God! Back yes. Phrenology. Listen, here's the thing about that: is you look at Guinness, and those motherfuckers invented what that style is, and they built their whole goddamn brand on it for right. 200 fucking years, and no one ever said you gotta bring back this bullshit fucking whatever you made in 1820. So that's I'm, what I'm except saying. Except that they I, were
2: great beers. Dude. Yeah, go, go fuck yourself. The Midwest fruit tarts are goddamn great beers. And so y'all saying right now,
3: like, oh, well, Colin Bruce, Glass of Styles. Well, guess what, motherfucker? 2020, 2022 whatever the fucking year it is, just add a bunch of twos. Midwest fruit tarts are going to be classic goddamn styles Because I'm making it. Just like Guinness did in the 18-fucking-hundreds.
2: Touche,
0: bitch. <laughs> Uh, we just compared <laughs> gadget to Guinness.
3: <laughs> you goddamn right. Yes, thank you. That is where I put it in my brain. So yes, I am sorry. I am getting so worked up about this. but, that, yes, but, that, but that, I feel strongly that actually, about that. That
2: actually perfectly makes my point, which is stay true to who you are, man. Yes, know who you are and stay true to it. And if you do that, then I think that you are going to you are going to succeed. Is is that hard
0: though? Like to like to to really. To, to know who you are is all of this other stuff is happening around you in beer. And beer is change beer is doing all kinds of really weird stuff right now. And as all that's happening, to, to understand how you kind of fit into that, that bigger picture, like and and, and and to know kind of what people really want when they're picking up whatever it is off of the shelf, like why they're picking that up and how that relates to you as a brewer. Is that difficult? Or is that just in in my head that it would be?
1: So yeah, I, I actually do think that that's that's hard, uh, and again, it comes back to the support we have from ownership. You know, I haven't been asked uh, to make a seltzer. You know, right. that that would be <laughs> hey seltzer. Hey man, people people love hard seltzer, and it sells, and it's the fastest growing alcohol category. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's difficult to kind of to to know what your lane is and what it should be and to stick to it takes takes active work. Yeah. Seltzer is
0: a great example right now because you guys did make a seltzer that's yeah. about to be released. It's gonna be good but, shit but yet somehow Midwest fruit s- Somehow yeah somehow you took you took the idea of seltzer and pulled it into your personality yeah. and and I haven't tried it yet, but I assume that it's going to be freaking awesome because of that.
3: Well, it's going to be us. It, you know, if that's not awesome to you, then that's okay. But it's going to be very much Urban Artifact. And to rewind a hair, you, you asked Colin, you know, uh, is it hard to to realize who you are? And, like, my answer is fucking goddamn right it is. Most, mother, most people... Go to therapy as, as people. (laughs) Can you imagine running a business? (laughs) That's not you, but understanding that business better than you understand you. And if you can't understand you and you got to understand the business, like goddamn. Yeah. It's hard as shit, man. It is hard as shit. How can you expect to run a business if you can't understand yourself and vice versa? Like, holy fucking shit. And people go to therapy every day, all day, because they should, because everybody needs to. But goddamn, it is impossible to understand who you are in the moment without looking back and also trying to guess looking forward. And like for Westside to pick out what their niche is and for us to pick out our niche and currently with our current modern day aspect of what is happening right now and also looking back, we think it's working. But two years from now, we both might look at each other and be like, God, we were fucking idiots. Who, who are we to think that classic styles would be a thing in 2025? <laughs> we are fucking dumbasses. And who are we to think in 2025 people would think sour beer was a thing? Because that's fucking stupid. So, like, I don't know, man. It's all fucking bullshit and it's all fucking crazy. It feels like I'm taking just, I just feel like every day I feel like I get crazier and crazier. But every day I feel like I'm more right. <laughs> But also more wrong at the same time. I
0: understand the feeling very much.
1: <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> well, and I think I think that's something that we're kind of banking on. Like, you know, Pilsner was invented in the mid 1800s, and people drank it ever since, and drink more Pilsner than they do anything else. Right? Oktoberfest, dry stout. You know, these classic styles are classic styles for a reason. They've they've stood the test of time. You know, we've never made a brewed IPA here.
3: Who's making brewed IPA anymore? Well, that, is the, that was the dumbest style from the get go.
0: Fretboard still makes one. They <laughs> have uh,
3: see, They don't, you, but they don't. Oh, they don't Jesus even
1: Christ. call it a brewed IPA anymore. That's true. If, if that's you true. couldn't
3: see that the brewed IPA was going to be a fucking fad, then like you just you're totally lost. Just get out of fucking predicting beer trends because that was dumb from the get go. Yeah, and, and we don't even try to predict the trends,
1: right?
0: But, like, but that's I think so many places are trying. Like that's how they are running this, this their business is that they're trying to catch that next thing. Before anybody else does, and try to jump on it before anybody else does. And I.
3: That's a losing business. Yeah. Or you, is, you, that, not is,
0: is that the whole business that you just constantly jump on the next trend and jump on the next trend it's and jump on the next sustain, trend?
3: It's not sustainable. It's not. You think about the longest lasting businesses and breweries. If you want to get hyper specific, breweries in the world or just businesses in general, the longest business breweries in the world it's Guinness, it's Vinesafoner, it's breweries making lagers, it's breweries that have a thing. That's their thing. Get rich in your niche. It's a thing. Make to be- it well, and just keep doing it well. And you just and own don't it. Don't deviate. And you're gonna have low points, yep. but fucking stick to it and own that motherfucker. And you're gonna do okay. If you're chasing trends, you have no identity. Your your identity is a trend chaser. Yeah. and that's it. You're you're toast. You're fucking toast. And, and you've I've- lost identity. And why the fuck in a city
2: full of, god knows how many breweries? Do you stand out? What do you, what are you? And I think the that- the
1: one and done, you know, every beer is a new release, I think has serious quality implications. Sure it does. It you absolutely know, our does. I I I love our double IPA. I think it's delicious. You know, I'm I'm biased, obviously. <laughs> but the double IPA that, it we, is delicious. that we brewed today. I
2: mean, I a, hate I hate you for the things I've done on it. But uh... <laughs>
1: You know, the the double IPA we brewed today wasn't our first crack at the recipe. You know, it's right. it's down in my my little recipe file actually has it down as dip number six.
3: How are you, you going to make it the best the first time?
1: You aren't. You aren't. How are you going you to, you know, if you brew, like I said, I should have brewed a pilot of Missing Link. I'm just dumb and didn't think to. Yeah, That's but, what
2: 2021 was all about, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think this, that, one, I, this one is good. 2022 is going to be just fucking
1: amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I think those one and done, there are real quality complications that come with that model. And if you want to be a consistent, to me, being a production brewery is all about consistency and quality. Um, you know, if somebody gets a beer that they don't like, they're not going to buy it again.
0: The, the thing that I, from a drinking perspective, that I dislike is, you know, if you've got a couple friends with you and they're from out of town, and you're like, oh, you yeah, know, let's, let's, let's go hop around. I'll, we'll, I'll take you to a couple of breweries that you're going to like. And you walk into a place and you're like, oh, yeah, this place is great. I had this and this and this last week. You're really going to dig this. And you, you walk in and it's all different beers. And there isn't something that is great. It's all just okay. And like, oh well, that they had this thing that was really awesome. Sorry, it doesn't exist anymore. You know, go down the list. Of there's you know this and this this and this don't aren't here anymore because it was just a, a one off thing and that's all that they do. Versus a place you can walk in like, you, I feel confident that you can walk in here and know that the beer is going to be something solid that you're gonna. I get what and you're there, saying. I have a lot of stories that I wish I could tell of of, of bringing in people into places and and you know, well, it looks, sucks. Bad you. It it sucks. looks
3: bad on you. It looks bad on you. You're do that. embarrassed
0: and you're sad and like I'm sorry that I just wasted an hour of our our night and and you know how many ounces of the beer that we're going to be able to fit into us tonight on this.
3: And how do you balance though the the changing tide in with who you are? Like, because I get it. Because at on one point in time, or you know, on one hand, like. Stick to your guns. And that's what I do. That's what Colin does. That's what Mike does. That's who we are as people. I mean, shit, Andrew, that's what you do. And on the other hand, though, there's breweries that are local and that we we all know five years ago, there was a a very prominent local brewery that you wouldn't recognize anymore based on what they're brewing currently. And like... Couple. Yeah. (laughs) And to me, like, I think back to the beers they used to make. I'm like, damn, I really wish that was the case. And now I go to your brewery and it's only sweet goddamn sugar beers. Mm -hmm. And I feel embarrassed to come here. And I feel embarrassed to bring people here. And I think this shit's fucking nasty. Don't get me wrong. It sells. And I get it. People love fucking sugar. And people can't understand the difference between sugar and not sugar. But it's fine. You drink it and you like it. Whatever. But, like, it ain't the same. And so, you know, it's just, it's tough. I appreciate more people sticking to their guns and riding out the hard times now more than ever than I have than people just trying to jump on trends. And, and that's something I'm balancing as a person, with, to bring it back to the seltzer comment you were making earlier, is I'm balancing as a human and as a, a business owner is, yes, we're, we're launching urban artifact seltzers, but there are seltzers. We're making them with the same souring process that we make our beer. We're only using real fruit. We're using a fuck ton of it. And we're not using any artificial anything. We're not using any natural concentrates or natural flavorings or natural anything. Well, aside from the whole fruit. We're only doing everything we do with our seltzer, how we do our beer, but instead of a malt base, it's sugar base. That's the only difference. Everything else is just urban artifact beer, but seltzer. So I feel good about it. I hope other people recognize we're trying to still be true to ourselves, and, and to me, I think there's more value in being true to yourself than anything.
0: But it's because of all of the people that jumped on the the trend of seltzer before you that make people yep. laugh at the idea of you making a seltzer because seltzer has become a joke because of some sure. of the crap that's out there.
3: Well, they can go fuck themselves. I don't care. <laughs> Drink it or don't. You piece of shit. Whatever. There's, there's it's fucking good. I don't. I know it's fucking good. So if you don't fucking want to try it because you're a fucking up your own butthole, I don't give a shit. But, don't try but, it.
2: But the, but come on. I mean, you know that that's the balance, right? I mean, I know that. You know, in a perfect world, uh, you're not. You're not out there ordering seltzers, Brett. I think that the seltzer that you're going to make what is... But I am. But
3: <laughs> I am. I got Ohio Beer Week and I'm crushing some fucking seltzers.
2: Well, yeah, okay, a hot day. It's, it's all right. I mean, I have no doubt that you guys are going to make a spectacular seltzer for a seltzer. Listen, but if you're going to eat of like an mushrooms thing.
3: and drink something, what's it going to yeah. be? <laughs> Shit, I've never thought that through, but I, I'm, going to, I'm going to Athens next week, and that actually
2: sounds like a really good compromise. Sorry, Mike. but Go ahead. You know, it, it is that um, you can't run a successful business without making some responses to your consumer. And there is definitely a balance between where you retain your soul and where you... Um, make fucking money because you're a business and that's what you have to do. If you're not making money, then uh, fine. And, you know, I have seen those examples. We all know those examples on both ends here in Cincinnati, right? I mean, you know, we we can name a brewery that was fantastic, that made no compromises and went bankrupt as, Mm. uh, uh, you know, as an effect. And we can name multiple breweries that completely lost their fucking soul and, you know, made shitty, turned like good beers into shitty beers and threw them away, you know, to constantly chase trends. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, as a guy who doesn't run a brewery, I'm in constant um, respect of you guys that, I, I think walk that balance very well. And I mean, I love the fact that I'm sitting with, at a table with two of you that, that I think are doing it brilliantly. I, I feel uh, there's a part of me that,
0: you know, I, I can sit down at a bar and I can order an English mild every time I sit down and drink it. But there, I don't, it, sometimes I feel like I'm the one doing it wrong. When you look around at craft beer and you look at everybody else with what they're doing and, Um, I know that I'm not (laughs) like I know that that is what I want to drink, and
3: I I don't like it's. That's a good point. You know, you know who, you know how I love for that. Who does I think does it right? I think March First does it right. I love, I love what they do. I love it. I love how it's a different brand for everything. Right. You're not gonna have an Astra and get confused that you're drinking a March First. Now, do I like Astra hard seltzer? No, because it's so goddamn sweet. But does it kill what they're trying to do? Oh, my God. They execute that fucking perfectly. And I got brewers on my staff who crush Astra I, all weekend.
0: I really like that red cream soda. Really oh, my God. So many
3: people. <laughs> oh, sorry, cramp. Uh, so, so many people crush that. They fucking kill it, but they keep it separated. And I love that. They what they do in separating their different niches is just it's just amazing and admirable, and they're able to keep it separate. They're able to execute high level on everything, and they're not they don't compromise. Then March First Brand, who's does beers and traditional beers, doesn't compromise on making hard seltzers. They make Astra, but they, they're
0: they're also a great example of one of those places that opened up and had no idea who they were. And That's just true. continually keep figuring it out and keep dialing it in and get it's gotten better, get and better, better and better and better and better. So, versus a place like Westside that you guys opened and you knew exactly who you were, even when you guys opened, I mean you you knew who you were, but it's gotten refined oh, big over time, time. and like, big time. It's you know I I don't know I don't know which way I. I I don't know which way is more fun to me, to, to watch some place that opens up and knows who they are and can can stick with that and, and do that. We're watching the journey of a place as long as they get to a good spot.
1: <laughs> I yeah, I, I just, like I said earlier, I think that's hard. It's hard to do, which is why most places do kind of have to figure it out over time. Right. Uh, it's just, it's not easy. It's not simple. So. And I don't,
2: I, don't, I mean, I, I think that the best ones open up with a vision and, you know, then you have to moderate where the market is. But, um, I think mm. both of these guys have done that. I think that Randy at not cask yeah, has good done example, that. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, Beerkus he, is he a good knew, example. he knew. Yeah. I mean, Birkus like beer is a different example in that. Like, you know, he opened up uh, Paul, uh, you know, opened up with the idea of like a circus that had good beer. <laughs> right. So, um, You know, in a sense, that's like the most fucked up uh, way you could open a brewery, right? But actually, you know. it's who they are and they owned it. It's who they are and they owned it. And he also then like, you know, they started, it it took them a while, but they're making good beers. So, you know, know who you are, I think is the most important thing you
3: can do. And you got to deviate from that now and then. But, um, Fibonacci is a great example too. Yeah. They, they started out and they just stuck to their guns and they got derided a little bit because people just didn't understand it at first. And they were just like, you know what? No, fuck you. We're doing us. And this is what we're doing. We're Mount healthy and we're Mount healthy through and through and we're Mount healthy's brewery and they stuck to it. And goddamn, if they're not fucking killing it right now.
0: Yeah. Best beer garden in the city.
3: Yeah. Oh my God. Big time. That's why all those guys are doing a, you know, we asked to spoil uh, all those post. people
2: we just talked about, um, which was no circular uh, intended thing, but you know, that's why all those people are doing a missing link and, and we asked them to do it. I mean, um, they're all great creative brewers who like know who they are and Colin, you know, maybe a crazy idea for Colin to like take this just random weird yeast and do some shit with it. But At the end of the day, you know that he's going to make a very good beer with it, which he did. Next year will be better.
1: Be my second crack at it. Yeah. <laughs> and the year
2: after
0: that would be, be better. I already have ideas for
1: next year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to bring this all back to Missing Link, uh, when you're listening to this on Monday, the festival just kind of happened, although it's not really a festival Loser. this year. So <laughs> you can probably still get the beers all over the place. So go to missinglink.com. And Link is spelled wrong on purpose because it's... Link as in the brewery, not Link. As the, as as the
2: name of the brewer. L-I-N-C-K. Uh,
0: so go to missinglink.com and there's a list of all the places that have the beers and uh, get out there and, and, and try them all and uh, talk about it with all your friends. Mm-hmm. Sit around and, and just just drink beer and talk about beer. Like that's that, To me, that's what this is about more than anything else is bringing it back to that uh, that idea of drinking Something that uh, we've, we've we've been so desperately needing for the last year and a half. Help us prove
3: Cincinnati beer drinking culture positive, and
0: we'll keep this going. Absolutely. What What do you guys want people to know about uh, your spaces, or about Missing Link, or about anything about? Uh...
1: Yeah, I don't know how any of the other breweries ended up packaging their beer, but we did both draft and cans. Um, so we did four packs of sixteen ounce cans. Um, that she should be able to find at the tap room and wherever else we can convince the shop owner to carry them. <laughs> You're not going to find it at Kroger. I think the, I think the only the <laughs> only places that packaged were you guys in
0: Bierkus, I believe, sure. as far as I know.
2: Did Bierkus do cans? Uh, Bierkus was planning on doing cans, but I'm not really sure if they did it or not. Well... Some go down there, and ask friends. him. Go down yeah. there, grab a pint and ask him. Oh, yeah, yeah, he'll, absolutely, absolutely. He'll answer you by spinning a plate
0: on his head, probably.
2: Right. Yeah, or keg yeah. on his nose. Yeah. Also I mean, you are not gonna you are not gonna go wrong by going down to Beerus and asking what
0: it is. It's so fun there.
3: Also, I can say is this has been the weirdest project in my life that has taken up the most time in my life that I continue to want to put in more time than is reasonable for a project. It has been a lot of fun. It has come out of nowhere four years ago and here we are i'm still hanging out with mike we're still working on some other weird shit on the side i get to rope in the best brewers in the city like colin into making beers with this yeast that's fucking insane and weird to deal with and then i just get to drink their beer and just be like "Uh, you did that with it awesome (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's all selfish for me and i just fucking love it so please please support missing link go to the website Go to these other breweries. Don't even come down to Urban Artifact. I don't give a shit. I don't need your support for Missing Link. I want you to support these other breweries because I want this to keep going because that's what's fun to me. Uh, Urban's fine. I just want Missing Link to continue. So hit up all these other breweries. Hit missinglink.com and have some fucking fun. Well, and it's it's not like
0: if another brewery decides to make Missing Link, they have to pay Urban Artifact money to do that. This is a... The city owns it. The city owns this yeast. You just... Get it and, and and make your beer. I guess you have to buy it from Omega, but um, you know you have to you pay just, for
3: the prop. But if you if you wanted one cell, it's free. You <laughs> you could drive to Chicago <laughs> and take one cell. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna. I don't know what a, a
0: yeast cell looks like, but I'm gonna frame it and put it on my wall.
2: <laughs> and I'll I'll tell you that, um, you know, this festival, it is the antithesis of all of those pure profit beer festivals that are out there. This one is entirely about the beer. It's entirely about the weird. It is entirely something that is purely Cincinnati. So um, I hope that people get it and dig it because we're planning on growing this thing. And it uh, is something that that I hope, you know, we see spread like a uh, much more benign virus this city in 2022 so check it out now and, and definitely check it out in the future I don't think it's just about the beer. I think that
0: there's a lot more to it that you're not, giving, you're not giving credit <laughs> for. Um,
2: get out there and,
0: and grab a beer last weekend and next weekend too, because why not? <laughs> and you'll you'll see, just it's missing for, Link Festival all, all month long, guys. Look for the gnome out there. That's you'll right. see him out there.
3: The I, the, I want to see more people on beer Twitter tweeting about the gnome. the The sad part is I don't
0: get out drinking nearly as much as people think that I do. I'm, I'm at home playing Barbies and and changing diapers. Oh, more what than video game is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a terrible video game i'm losing horribly <laughs> Just, you know, figure out how to restart and uh, sorry i love my kids i'm joking I'm joking all of you know when my kids listen to this in 30 years it was all a joke um thank I you i love kids <laughs> I, i'm not a what are they germ ridden gremlins is that what <laughs> Yeah. Brett thinks oh, Br- <laughs> he's having one. I don't, I'm still against him.
1: <laughs>
0: guys, I, I appreciate you all sitting down with me and talking about this really, really goofy-ass idea that is just perfect for a city like Cincinnati and perfect for places like you guys. I see both of you sitting across the table with these very different ideas for breweries that are way more similar than I think people realize they are. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy